you know, then you make new dreams and it looks differently than you thought or wanted, but we don't always get what we want. <laughs> so after you cry, then the next step is to get yourself together and make a plan. And then the next step is do the plan the best you can, lay everything on the table, do everything you can. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn the secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider JJ Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join JJ and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called Dressage Life. Today's episode was originally featured in JJ's online community, Team Tate TV, a private Facebook group of inspired and supportive dressage lovers just like you. If you're on Facebook, we welcome you to join the conversation there. You'll find the date for the original recording in the show notes. And now, here's JJ. Hey guys! So, here on Team Tate TV, it's going to be real talk about real things about what everyone struggles with. And I know not everyone's dealing with cancer, but... We all have our crosses to bear, and we all have our difficulties and challenges, and so mine right now happens to be breast cancer, and yeah, I've got some thoughts about that. <laughs> of course, I'm sure you can, uh, you can not believe that, that I've got something to say about that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess the other thing I've been busy doing is like, making videos like crazy. So if you have any uh, ideas for more videos, uh, I know if Angela's on here, I did make stretching down at the canter video already. I did it with Gideon. And then I also, because I just got like crazy about it, I also made one with Norma. So um, I think Montana's next and to show how you can truly stretch the horse down even in something like a canter pirouette. So my mind is busy thinking about what kind of videos y'all need. Um, and Kelly, this one's for you. I did the on the bit, not on the bit. So there you go. <laughs> that one goes out to Kelly. Uh, yeah, so we've been very busy. Um, at least a couple times a week, I get like a wild hair that I need to like, ah, I need to make more videos because I got cancer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so now we're booked out with videos till about February. So I am prepared. Um, and again, like I hate to make this all about cancer, but that's what's happening in my life right now. So um, yeah, to just like give a little overhaul of what's going on. I have um, L or ILC, which is a different kind of cancer than it's the second most common cancer for women. Um, usually it's in the ductal region for women. That's like 80% of most breast cancers are ductal. Mine is invasive lobular carcinoma. So that means it's sort of like smolders in there and you don't really feel like a lump 
or like a little pea or a little nut or a little grape, you feel like a lumpy area. And so that's what mine is. And I mean, at first I was, okay, there's a lot of things I've been like pissed and then scared and then annoyed and just like can't believe it. And, you know, I'm like, I have a mammogram every year. How did they miss this? And that is the thing about this kind of particular cancer is that it sort of hides in there. And because I'm only a grade one, that means my cells look almost normal. So it's like one step away from normal cells is all of a sudden like, mm, that's not right. That's of cancer. Um, the good news also is I'm a stage 1B. So that's good. I also caught it early, which like I can't really believe I caught it early because the tumor's pretty big. And therefore, I need to have a double mastectomy. So we are meeting with surgeons and you know, we're going to check my lymph nodes during surgery. We're going to double check what's going on with the tumor. That's called your oncotype. They will send that out for testing. And so then we will know if I need to do chemo or radiation. But hopefully with the surgery, I will be able to have reconstruction right away. And we will just kick on. So, yeah, I mean... I do think, you know, all my experience with horses um, has really helped me deal with this. And again, I know not all of you out there are dealing with something like cancer. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, in the big scheme of things, breast cancer is like, I got a good ticket, you know? And I know that sounds crazy because everybody freaks out. I freaked out. When it was like, I have cancer, I'm like, what? Like, no, I don't, no. And then it's like, no, I do. And I'm like, what? Like, I am healthy. I weigh the same as I did when I got my driver's license. I click all the no boxes when I go to the doctor. Like, no high blood pressure. Like, I am like, healthy, 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 healthy. No, 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 I don't have any of these things. And then it's like, oh, hold the show cancer I'm like okay you know but then you just go into this mode that I I do think having horses and having things go like wrong with horses has really helped me adapt to okay if I was a horse in my stable how would I how would I deal with this and you know I really feel like we have to accept what's happening, right? Like if your horse has an injury in its leg, you need to accept that and like stop working it on that leg. You make a plan, you get educated, educate yourself. I've been doing a lot of reading on things I never knew I would know about, but that's how this goes, you know, and then you move quickly into action. So you know, I do think, again, all those years of being with horses has truly prepared me for this big challenge I'm facing now. And as difficult as those things seemed at the time, I know it's been preparation for bigger, bigger challenges to come up in my life. And I don't know if any of you guys know who David Goggins is. <laughs> and if you don't know him, you should Google him. And be ready because he does swear a lot.
but I love him and find a lot of inspiration in him. And, you know, he always talks about like, you've got to train your brain for the difficult moments in your life. And he does it through like physical training and pushing yourself past your self beliefs, you know, that like, oh, I, I can't do that. I can't run that far. I can't do that many pull-ups or whatever. Um, but David Goggins has been a really um, motivating factor in my life, like actually the last like five years. I, I love listening to him about like conquering all odds to do things. And so, you know, we, we have to train our brain for those moments that you get the call that you're going to get some bad news, whether that's someone you love has died or you have cancer or whatever, you know, I mean, I got lucky at the horse show. I only got my foot stomped, but I easily could have been kicked in the face and I could be getting reconstruction surgery on my face. So, I mean, I'm grateful for that. The only reconstruction I'm going to need is, you know, for this over here. So, I mean, there's many women who are so excited about that and can't wait for reconstruction surgery. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just fascinating that how I'm able to take all these lessons that we we all have learned from horses, you know, disappointments, fear, you know, all kinds of things, and um, really apply them to when life really throws a struggle at you uh, and kind of um, from left field. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely scared. I've never had surgery uh, in my life. So that's uh, intimidating, and I would lie if I'm not scared about that. Um, but, you know, it's like that's the definition of courage, right? Like you keep going, and even if you're scared, because what's the alternative? Like not going? And I'll get into that a little bit later because I've got um, some really funny ways to think about um, challenges in your life. So, yeah, again, it was funny. I met with my doctors the other day, and I'm filling out all of the paperwork, la, 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 all the paperwork. And on the, on the last page, it's like, oh, you know, like, fill out your symptoms. And I'm like, I mean, I have cancer. I got breast cancer. I don't have any symptoms. I didn't even know I had this three weeks ago, you know, I was just living my life going just fine. And then, so like, I don't have any symptoms, but then I got a little lower on the page and there's like this emotional and I'm like, well, mm, I am definitely agitated. Yes. Click the agitated box. I'm agitated. You know why? I don't got time for this. Uh, ain't nobody got time for that. And I was a nervous. I clicked that box too. And so, um, my doctor and I did talk about that, but she's like, is this like a normal thing? And I'm like, no, I mean, I am happy all the time. I'm agitated about freaking cancer is what I'm agitated about. So that was kind of funny. And, um, the doctors, you know, definitely have taken a liking to me. So that's always good. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's powerful. I feel like I have a really great team. I met with the surgeon. He seemed awesome. I met with my medical oncologist. She's amazing. Um, I'm interviewing two plastic surgeons next week. So things are moving forward. And we're making a plan. But 
you know, just a couple of facts about breast cancer, because now not only am I going to be a loudmouth advocate about classical dressage and kindness to your horses and riding well, but now I'm also now a breast cancer person. So I wrote down a couple of facts I wanted to share with everybody because um, I've got some things to say about that. So about 281,000 new cases of invasive breast cancer will be diagnosed in women a year, okay, like a year, holy cow. About 50,000 new cases of non-invasive will be diagnosed. So that's like when it hasn't quite gotten into your tissue. That's like getting ready to do that. So that is a lot of women, okay? So that is actually one out of eight women. Okay, so if you're sitting around with eight of your friends, one of you is most likely to develop an invasive breast cancer in the course of your lifetime. I mean, wow, wow. So as of January 2021, there are more than 3.8 million women with a history of breast cancer in the United States, including women who are being treated and who have uh, currently finished treatment. Breast cancer became the most common cancer globally as of 2021, accounting for 12% of all new annual cancer cases worldwide. 85% of breast cancer occurs in women who have no family history. Now, some of you know, but my mom is a breast cancer survivor, and she's one of the most amazing, toughest ladies I know. I think maybe she's she's here because she packed up and heard about the big C, and she moved down. So um, that's been super helpful to have, you know, extra family support. Um, but she doesn't have the gene. I, you know, I got test I got tested for genetics today, so we'll see about that. But my sister doesn't have any breast cancer genes. My mom doesn't have any breast cancer genes. So the most significant risk factor is that you are a woman and you are growing older. So my point of all of these facts is that it is important. And I'm, I made the doctors laugh because, I don't know, all of a sudden I've become like a crazy comedian about this whole thing. But I'm like, it's like the airport. But it's like not if you see something. But if you feel something, say something. Because again, like mine did not, mine did not feel like a little, like one little lump, you know? It was like, well, this feels kind of different, but because I'm slim and fit, like it's always felt like a little, a little different. And now this just became like a little more different, different. So I was like, okay, I need to, you know, go see about this because this isn't totally normal. Uh, it's never super normal, but this is now a little bit different than my normal. So, I mean, again, going back, I have been having mammograms for, I mean, since I was 27 and I'm 43. So that's a very long time. And they could not find it. They did not see it. They looked back. They could not see it. And so it's important to speak up to your doctors. If you feel something, push them, get an ultrasound, get a biopsy, like speak up about it because cancer is all about finding it early. Okay. So no waiting and seeing if it's going to get better or go away. You, you, it's not, 
you need to you need to say something to someone. Do you want to learn how to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand? Check out Team Tate Academy, JJ's online classical dressage academy. As a member, you'll gain clarity through the USDF accredited lesson library, monthly Zoom meetings, and twice monthly live study group called the Tackroom Chats. Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired. JJ's commitment to your success shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcast today to join the waitlist for the next open enrollment. Okay. So on my thoughts, I have been watching some really great documentaries and I have come up with this idea that I'm really going to work on uh, behaving like a monk. Okay. And not like that, like a, like a Buddhist monk that I just always, and I'll go into like those, those pieces of, for me, what that, what that means, um, how to live in a better way, like more like a monk. And then on the other side of that is attacking the path like a pioneer woman. And I don't know if I have like lived another life as a pioneer woman, but just stick with me here on this. Okay. So part of the whole, like being like a monk is for me, this idea of surrounding this experience with love and then letting it go, surrounding the cancer with love and letting it go. Like, it's not great. I don't want it. But love is really the only thing that can change things. So I'm just going to surround it with love. I'm just going to let it go. And what's been very interesting is I have not taken this, like, why me attitude and, like, like why did this have to happen to me? Um, I have not felt that. And I might. After surgery, I might be feeling really sorry for myself, and I have certainly cried, and then I limped around on my foot, and then I started laughing because I'm like, this, you know, of course this is what's happening. <laughs> um, but I've really been re reflecting on the growth. Like, what can I learn from this experience or this exercise? I mean, I do kind of feel like this is also... I've been thinking about this whole process as an exercise. Um, but I've also started to ask myself, what does life ask of me now? Like this is a brand new kind of big thing. And what is life, what is it asking of me now? Like what is it asking for me to grow into with this deep um, situation that's happening? So that's been very interesting. Um, and I like to think about it as an exercise because, of course, I relate everything to horses. Horse, horse, horse. Um, but it helps me to think about it that, okay, this is like an exercise, and what do I need to gain from this? What kind of growth um, do I need from this? And 
as this exercise, it will be hard. Like, it's going to be hard. And I, I'm not having sugar-coated, rose-colored glasses about that. That's going to be hard and a challenge. Um, but with the deepest growth comes from the difficult times and the harder exercises. And so this is my chance to grow from this difficult experience. Um, when I think of like these monks, I think of compassion comes to mind, kindness. And I think a lot about, you know, having that for myself and this journey and all of the thousands of women who have come before me. That's been a really humbling and amazing thing to think about. How many women have come before me and have conquered this? And that's really inspiring to me. And I truly will never meet another breast cancer person, survivor, someone dealing with it, someone diagnosed with it. I will never think about it the same uh, now that it's happened to me. Um, to think about just like all these warrior women who have and are in the process of battling this, that's like, wow, you know, um, so many have like reached out to me and many new ladies, even within this short window of me knowing and experiencing, uh, having cancer. I mean, the strength and it's just amazing. Like my nurse navigator, Cheryl, she's like amazing. She's survived it twice. I met another lady today who's like in charge of the whole survivorship at the Cancer Institute. Like amazing, amazing people um, and so strong and have all conquered it. And it's really moving and inspiring to be in their presence. And um, that's going to rub off on me. So watch out. <laughs> Because after this, we're going to be really strong. <laughs> um, uh, also, when I think about uh, monks, I think about meditation. And I uh, watched a really great documentary of, I think it was called From Stress to Happiness. And they were talking about what is meditating. And that is to get familiar with your mind and how it works and who you are in the silence of your mind. And, you know, he started to talk about, like, it's mind training. And you would never go run a marathon without training for that. And so we must train our minds uh, the same. And I know most of you know me, and I'm always like, train your brain. <laughs> so I need to put my money where my mouth is and train my brain to be able to overcome and find the strength to get through it. So then again, I also said, like, attack the path like a pioneer woman because I was thinking about, like, and I don't know, I don't know, this is like a former life of mine or what. And I was like, I'm a Midwestern girl. It's pretty flat out there. That's why I love Greenville, South Carolina, because it's just beautiful. Lots of mountains. I did not grow up with mountains. So here we are. We're pioneer women. We're going out west, like California is the goal. And you're going through, you know, South Dakota, and you're just trucking along, and it's pretty flat. And all of a sudden, you see on the horizon, you're like, what the? 
is that a is that a mountain range? Like what the? I mean, we're gonna cross that. Like, how in the world are we going to overcome that giant obstacle with our wagons and horses and steer and like, oh my God, it's like overwhelming. And you know, like, what 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 are the choices? To just like set the horses loose and sit in your wagon and cry and be like, ah, you know, why is this my path? I thought it would be easy, <laughs> said no pioneer woman ever, said no cancer survivor ever either. So it's so much about like, you got to get going, pack the horses up, pack the wagon, freaking get it, circle the wagons, make the plan and get going. And hopefully there's only one big mountain to climb. But you won't know that till you're in it. And sitting down and not continuing and just giving up. I mean, that that's that's not that's not the option. The option is to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And hopefully, you know, the, there'll only be one mountain range. And if there's another mountain range on the other side of the first one, you will conquer that too. And you will just keep moving and you just keep going because that is what we do. Which then brought me into something I was riding around thinking about the other day too, of all my German friends would be like, weiterreiten, like keep going, just keep riding. Like when you are in the middle of that exercise, you just want to halt and like, get yourself back together and regroup and just take a second. They're like, weiterreiten, like keep going. You've got to ride through it. And all those moments in my life that like have been building up to this, like I just need to keep riding through it to the other side, like right to the other side. And so, you know, until the breakthrough happens. And so sometimes you're not sure when that is but you just have to keep going. Um, and I do feel like we just had our vet here and it's like such the same process, honestly, that I'm like, you know, I, I feel like this is very much very similar to like, there's an injury, you know, you know, first thing you got to notice something's NQR, not quite right. So, not quite right, whether that's breast cancer, that's a suspensory, the horse's back is not great, you know, something's NQR, then you got to diagnose the issue, what is actually happening, then you could cry, definitely there's crying, um, you know, there's all kinds of different kinds of crying, hopefully it's not feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, but disappointment, fear, uh, mourning the loss of what you thought something would look like. Um, I know when Summer got injured, I cried um, because it was the dreams that would never happen for us together in the Grand Prix ring. I mean, she got to Grand Prix and I competed Grand Prix, but there was so much more we could have done together. Um, so that was definitely sad and disappointing, but you know, then you make new dreams and it looks differently than you thought or wanted, but 
we don't always get what we want. <laughs> so after you cry, then the next step is to get yourself together and make a plan. And then the next step is do the plan the best you can, lay everything on the table, do everything you can. If you're supposed to hand walk as often as possible, you do that. If you are supposed to do chemotherapy, you, you do that. If you need a double mastectomy, you accept that and you move forward. Um, because again, the last step is succeed and move on. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I don't think for me personally, I don't think it was a coincidence that some of my great friends were winning a silver medal, like a historic silver medal for America. Like, can we just talk about that for a second? Amazing. Go America. It was awesome. But uh, on that same day, I was going in for my MRI. And that just changed the texture of my life a lot, thinking, like, I will never compete, I think, again, without knowing that there are a lot of, I'm so grateful to be here right now competing and riding my horse, because there are a lot of other people at the doctor who might get bad news. And, like, the parking lots are full at the hospital. Like, it is amazingly humble how how when things are going great in your life, just, like, embrace that and, and love that and relish in it and feel it for everything that it is because you could be doing something else, like getting an MRI or getting a CAT scan or, like, getting the phone call that your life will change. And, I mean, it's just we're so... Like when things are good, like feel it and love it and live it fully. So speaking of the team, um, two things that SFP always tells me, and I share with you guys because that's what I do. <laughs> um, he would always say, you need to get comfortable because I'm like, how are you so great? How, how do you just like pull this amazing performance out again and again and again? And he would always say, well, you need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And so I am working on that because I am not great at that, not like the not knowing. So I've um, been doing a lot of research, which helps me personally feel um, I have a voice in the decisions that we're going to do and what's happening. I have educated questions. So, yeah, like it's important to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, but also something he said to me, and I never thought I would be applying this to a cancer diagnosis, but uh, Stefan was always talking about you, you have to live right now in the moment. You can't worry about, you can't look back on what just happened, and you can't be worried about what might happen. You need to be right here and right now and focus on what you can control, which is this moment. And all I can say to all of you out there, live your life to the fullest, prepare the best you can, do your best, and leave the rest. So with that, I have my water, <laughs> but it's in a cup that I, I made. 
so that's cool with my sisters and my mom uh, on a special mother-daughter weekend. And I got my water, so I, I only have sparkling water to toast you with tonight. But I want to say thank you guys all for your support and your love for listening. If any of you are going through a tough time, every rain cloud runs out of drops. So let's live life to the fullest and have the compassion of a monk and the fight and the spirit of a pioneer woman. So here's to all of you. I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining. Make it a great night, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their rides too. For more information and education from JJ Tate, make sure to visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcasts. Once there, take the next step towards joining JJ's new generation of classical riders by signing up for our mailing list. And we'll say thanks by sending you a special gift, your own copy of JJ's ebook, Riding Your Horse Sound, a comprehensive guide to developing a healthy and happy dressage partner.